0: You won a battle already. You know that big, big monster you were fighting this morning called the alarm clock? You won! Praise the Lord. You're here. Praise the God. So good to see you in the house of the Lord today. This is an amazing day and the Lord's just given me a word to share with you and I pray it'll encourage you, it'll strengthen you, it'll challenge you and I pray that it will equip you that you can go into this week fully prepared for what God has for you. I want to talk to you today about giants, walls, and promises. Giants, walls, and promises. And before you pretend you're an ostrich with your head in the sand, we all are dealing with all three of these. But what we want to do is get our focus on the right one so that we can move into the fruition of that. Giants, walls, and promises. Father God, we just thank you this morning for your word. Lord, as we come to your word, we pray, Holy Spirit, you would open our eyes and our ears and our hearts to hear, see, receive, and perceive your truth. That we would, Lord God, have it minister to us in such a way that it would become reality. That we would make a decision this day to walk in the power of your word in such a way to advance your kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. To you be the glory, to you be the honor, and to you be the praise. For it is in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said... Amen Amen and amen. Well, you can only imagine we're going to be talking about one of the probably most famous historical records of Scripture that is referred to more than any other story in the Bible, and that is God's people when they were in bondage in Egypt and then their their exodus, their deliverance out of Egypt, and then their journey through the wilderness to the promised land that God had prepared for them. So we're going to be looking at Numbers chapter 13 and 14 today. And in that part of the story, I believe God has a special word of equipping and encouragement for us today. So I'm going to be preaching on giants, walls, and promises. Because here's the truth. One of these are going to prevail in your life. Either the giants are going to prevail, and I'm talking about giants for us today would be like your spirit of fear or sin or pride or envy or jealousy or lust or gluttony or addiction or threat. Some big giant that the enemy is looming over us is going to prevail, or the walls are going to prevail. And those are those established boundaries and limitations and lack And and, and need and lack of vision and disconnect, walls that, that lock you in or lock you out, they're going to prevail or the promises are going to prevail in your life. And we're talking about the promises of God, peace and victory and promotion and healing and deliverance and strength and success and every good thing that comes from God. Now, as you can hear that definition, we don't want the giants to prevail. And we don't want the walls to prevail. We want the promises of God. Amen. And I pray our faith would rise up today to such a place that we'll take hold of the promises of God and we will begin to move into that promised land that God has for us beginning right now in Jesus' name. So in Numbers chapter 13, let us begin there, verse 1. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, So here, God has called Moses to bring the children of Israel out of Egypt. They've had a few-day journey into, through the wilderness to Kadesh Barnea. They're a little south of the Dead Sea. And now they're sending these spies into the land. Send, me, um, send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers you shall send a man, everyone a leader among them. And they returned from spying out the land after 40 days. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Then they told them and said, We went to the land where you sent us, and it truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Now, if they had stopped right there, everything would have been good. Sometimes we keep on talking and we talk ourselves right out of the blessing that God has for us. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. There we saw the giants. The descendants of Anak came from the giants and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. Man, this is such an intimidating situation and circumstance that we started belittling ourselves. We started looking down on ourselves. We saw ourselves as grasshoppers, so we projected that even on them and they saw us as grasshoppers. So all the congregation lifted up their voices and they cried. And the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron. And the whole congregation said to them, If only... If only we would have died in the land of Egypt. If only we would have died in the wilderness. Why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword that our wives and children should become victims? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, let us select a leader and let's return to Egypt. Wow. Man, it's easy to look down, on, knowing the whole story, look back on it and say, Man, you Israelites, you are unbelievers. You are weak in your faith. Man, what is wrong with you? But be careful, because you also look in a mirror. And we also know that God is giving us this historical record to, to, to expose anything in us. See, they were ready to return to a life of slavery and abuse and rejection and hardship and beatings and murder and absolute submission to an evil empire. They were ready to go back because they were intimidated by the giants and the walls that they saw before them. But in verse 31, they said, we're not able. We're not able to go up against these people. Now, who was giving them the land? God said, I am. Who was the one that brought them through the Red Sea miraculously? God did. Who gave them water in a desert? God did. How they, to all the provision of God, they've seen God provide. But yet, they see these giants, and they see these walls, and because they're looking at the giants and the walls rather than the promises of God, now they are intimidated, a spirit of fear come in, and they are ready to go back to Egypt. But I like what Caleb said. Okay. Caleb said this in verse 30. He said, let us go up at once and take possession for we are able to overcome it. Man, I like that name, Caleb. Oh, I got my own Caleb. I named that little boy Caleb. Praise God, giant killer. Man, I'm telling you why. I like him. God liked Caleb too. Joshua and Caleb were the only two that so said we can go in and we can do what God sent us to do. And they were the only two of their generation 40 years later that was able to enter into the land. okay. But that unbelieving generation, God said, okay, if you won't look at the promises, but you're going to look at the giants and the walls, He says, I'm not allowing this spirit of unbelief. I'm not letting this spirit of fear. I'm not letting this murmuring and this complaining go into the promised land. Y'all got to go back, go back and in the wilderness for 40 years until that generation died off. I'm telling you, something's going to prevail in your life. It's going to be the giants, it's going to be the walls, or it's going to be the promises. And if you want God's participation and you want the super helping your natural move into what God has for you, then you better start focusing on the promises, not the problems, the promises, not the intimidating giants, the promises, not the seemingly impassable walls. God's going to make a way where there seems to be no way. I feel like I'm On assignment here this morning to talk to somebody about your purpose and destiny. That God has for you, it's greater than you can imagine, it's bigger than words you have to express. Uh, God has great things in store for you, but the giants and the walls are trying to get your attention. The enemy is trying to get you into a a place of fear and unbelief so that you will not move into what God has for you, and you're gonna live a life of limit limitation and a life of misery and I'm here to free somebody today. I want to be the Moses speaking the promise of God to you. I want to be the Caleb that says, let's go in and take the land. I want to be the Joshua that says, we can do it because God said we can do it. Somebody needs to hear this today because, listen to me, destiny does not usually come to our house on a silver platter. I've never met anyone yet, even Jesus Christ himself, who was born on this earth with purpose and destiny. Did destiny come on a silver platter? I don't know if that X is big enough over that, but you, that, let me tell you what. It is strong. It does not come with white gloves and silver platter. Most of us, uh, destiny will never come to us like a little Christmas package all nicely wrapped in pretty bows on it for you to open. I would say when destiny comes to us and arrives at our house, it usually arrives COD. Now, you old schoolers, you know what COD is. Now, you young ones thinking that's something maybe out of hemp or something out of marijuana or something. See, no, 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 because you're like C, or oh, is it CBD or C- What is COD? No, that's you. You charge on delivery. That's when the the delivery man used to show up. Here's your package, but you owe, and you had to pay him before you could get the pay. It wasn't an Amazon Prime free shipping, okay? This thing you had to pay. And in order for us to take possession of what God has promised to us, I'm telling you, more than likely it's going to cost us something. I'm telling you, it's going to cost you a lot of faith. It's going to cost you a lot of faith. So, so for too many people, they miss their destiny because it, did, it didn't come looking like what they thought it should look like. They thought God made the promise and it is just, oh my, it's just going to be easy, I'm just going to fall into it. No, sometimes your destiny can come disguised as hardship. Sometimes destiny, it, it comes in moments that don't look like happy times. It looks like destruction is at hand. See, sometimes destiny comes when it, it, it doesn't look like This could be, God could do anything good out of this. But I'm here to tell you, our God is able to reach into the miry pit. He's able to reach into that horrible pit and lift us up. Lift us up in ways that we can never imagine. I know this was true for Israel. Their promise of destiny came to them while they were yet in Egyptian bondage. And the promise came to a people who looked like they had no destiny, but there was a promise of destiny. I'm speaking to somebody today. You feel like it doesn't look like I can go any higher. It doesn't look like I can do any more. It doesn't look like my life is really going to count for much more. I'm here to tell you the devil is a liar. That God is saying greater, greater, better, better. I hear the Spirit of the Lord saying this. The promise came to them when it looked like they were locked up and bound and had nowhere to go. Here they are baking bricks and working as slaves, and and, and yet in the midst of that, in the middle of Pharaoh's brickyard, here comes the promise of God who says you're going to be the head and not the tail. You're going to be above only and not beneath. You're going to be blessed above all nations. You're going to come into a land of milk and honey. You're going to come where there are are houses you didn't build and vineyards you didn't plant and and, and businesses that you didn't establish. He says, I'm going to bring you into this. Let me tell you what, the promise of God is coming to you in the midst of your hardship as well. I believe it's fair to say that the promise of God can find us in unlikely places. Somebody say, thank God for that. Thank God for that. I am so glad the promise of God didn't wait for me to get it all right before it found me. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Kind of like blind Bartimaeus, you know, the Bible says he was on the wayside begging And it was Jesus who had to make the decision to make a detour so he could walk by a a blind Bartimaeus. Blind Bartimaeus couldn't see, but Jesus makes the detour to pass by him so that he could bring purpose and destiny fulfilled in and through his life. I am so glad that while I was yet a sinner, God came to me. While I was yet a sinner, Jesus died for you and me. That He didn't wait for us to get crystal clean and, and crystal clear and everything. And, and all everything redeemed. He came to redeem us while we needed to be redeemed. He came to deliver us while we were still in bondage. And I believe I'm making it clear to you today that your present circumstance is no indication of your future potential. Somebody needs to just stomp down right now and say, yes, my present circumstance is no indication of my future potential. Greater God has for me than where I'm at right now. More God has for me than where I'm at right now. And I believe this kind of is the M.O. of God, His mode of operation, to give you a promise when it looks impossible for that promise to come to pass because He wants to do great and mighty things in and through our lives. And He does it that no one would take the credit, but we would give Him all the glory and give Him all the honor. Hallelujah. Because throughout the Bible, as you study the Word of God, you will find this to be true. It's like God comes to a people who are in a place, a place of bondage, a place of hardship, a place of of imminent uh, danger, a place of looking like they were going to lose to a battle. It looks like there was no way to get through this famine, no way to survive this tragedy, and He gives them a promise. Right in the midst of the pain, He gives them a promise. And the circumstances around them does not support the promise. Does anybody feel what I'm talking about today? It looks like an impossibility. Some, it just looks like this could never happen. This has never happened to anybody I know. This has never happened to any of my family members. There's nothing good like this has ever happened to anybody close to me. I'm here to tell you, it don't limit it to your circle of influence. Don't limit it to your family of bloodline. Come on now, God has greater for you. It doesn't matter if they've ever experienced that level of prosperity or not. God wants to take you there. I'm telling you, you say, well, no one I know has ever risen to this station in life. Well, God wants to take you there. You say, well, no one has ever been this stable and firm in my family. But God wants to take you there. I'm here to tell you, God wants to establish things. He's a creative God. There's one galaxy. When we get to the end of our galaxy, there's another galaxy. And when we get to the end of that galaxy, there's another galaxy created on and on and on. There's no limit to our God. He doesn't want your life to be uh, have a lid on it compared to everybody and everything you've ever seen before. He wants to take you higher. He wants to do greater. He wants to do miraculous things. He wants to write history with new records being set for you and in you and through you. So while you're yet in Pharaoh's brickyard, God's bringing you a promise. And He says, don't look at your circumstances. Don't look at the giants. Don't look at the walls. Look at my promises. I want to bring you up and I want to bring you out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is the power of the promise. That when it's spoken over a person's life, it it begins to to call to life that, that deposit, that seed that has been deposited by a creative God within us. I like promise because promises speak to my potential. I'm telling you, I'm speaking to the promise of God in you today. See, promises is not talking about our yesterday. Let me tell you what, let your yesterday be yesterday. Promises are talking about your tomorrow. If you drive looking in your rearview mirror, you're gonna wreck. You're not gonna reach your destination. We gotta get our eyes on the promises. We gotta look forward. Some the promises are speaking to your potential. You say, Well, I've reached level seven. God said, I want to take you to level 17. You said I didn't know there was a level 17. He said, I just created it. Hallelujah. Praise Praise God. See, God gives a promise of a land that flows with milk and honey. A promise about their potential, a promise about their future. And He speaks this over them. And then He gets them to believe that God can deliver them. And they go with, they go with Moses and then they begin to see them. Nobody had ever seen the Red Sea split before and anybody walk across on dry land. Never seen that before. But the promise they believed, they began to follow in pursuit of that promise and then the miracles were paving the way. Some of you are not seeing miracles because you're staying in safe ground. You're staying in Pharaoh's brickyard, and you're saying, well, at least we're here. We're getting some some leeks and onions to eat. They may be beating us, and they may be mistreating us, and they may not let us walk within a mile radius. They've got chains on our ankles, and, and, and working us worse than an animal, but at least we got a roof over our head. Let me tell you what. God said, I want you to get your eyes off of the giants, get your eyes off of the walls, and I want you to get your eyes on the promises because if you'll start to pursue the promises of God and His plan over your life, you're going to start seeing the miracles of God go before you and part red seas and cause uh, uh, birds and bread to fall out of heaven and rivers to spring up in a desert. God's going to show you supernatural and miraculous things to get you into the promise. I want you to live a miracle uh, in the miracle zone living a miraculous life. If we're created in the image of God and He's supernatural, He wants us to partake of that supernatural. I'm telling you, God is speaking His promises over us today. He says, I'll make you the head and not the tail. He says, I don't want you to be dragging behind. I want you to be, I want you to be leading the way. I want you to be in the decision making. I want you to be first and foremost up, up front. I want you, I don't want you in the smelly side of it. I want you on the, the, the good tasting side of it. Okay. I want you to head, not the tail, above only and not beneath. Yes. Speaks to our potential in life. You know, but, but let me tell you what. We've got to have faith. We've got to have faith to believe the promises of God, pursue the promises of God. I'm here to tell you in 2 Corinthians 1, 20, what a verse of Scripture where it says, For all the promises of God are in Christ Jesus are what? Yes and amen. Come on, you better sing back to me. They are what? Yes and amen. Yes and a- All of them, and not for our glory, but to the glory of God as He works those promises through us. He made a promise to you to get that promise flowing through you so that He can get the glory. He wants to be he will be glorified as we pursue the promises of God by faith and we see them manifest in our life. Now you can't go to 2 Corinthians 1.20 without also going to 2 Peter 1 and 4. I'm telling you what, what a powerful verse of scripture you, for Christ has given to us what? Exceedingly great and precious promises. All of those promises are what? Yes and amen. Christ has given them to us. Exceedingly and great and precious are these promises. Why are they given to us? That through these you may be partakers of the divine nature. God wants you to enter into the miracle zone. He wants you to live in the miracle zone. God is not on a budget of miracles. He wants miracles manifest in and through your life. But you got to have faith in the promises of God. Pursue the promises of God. Walk in the direction of the promises of God and as you do, you will see red seas open. You will see water flow out of the wilderness. You will see bread fall from heaven. You will see, you will partake of the divine nature. You can march around walls and they'll fall down. Fortified walls, just just march around them, being silent, and then on the seventh day, seventh time, make a shout, and they just fall down. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. Partake of the divine nature. Some of you have giants that you've been looking at. Some of you have been dealing with giants. Giants, I'm telling you, reports that have come back. Maybe giants of health report that says you, you're not going to make it. It's, you're going to be limited in life. Or walls that say this is going to be your limitations of life. And, and you can't see. It's just like you can't see a future. You can't see that hope. You can't see what God has for you. But I'm here to tell you today, get your eyes off the giants and get your eyes off the, the walls and get your eyes on the promises. Get your eyes on the promises. And when you do, you're going to partake of this divine nature of God and the divine nature of God through you is going to tear down the giants and tear down the walls in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Promises speak to our potential and our potential speaks to our unrealized blessings. Every one of you, I'm telling you, myself included, we have not tapped into all the blessings that God has for us. We have unrealized blessings. And these promises of God, they speak to our potential, and this potential speaks to these unrealized blessings that God has for us. So potential tells me I haven't seen everything yet. Hallelujah. Potential tells me there's more to come. The potential says, God's potential says to me that the best is yet to come. I'm here to talk to somebody today. You say, "Well, I thought I've had some good, I've had a good run. I'm telling you, according to God, your best is yet to come. Your best is yet to come. You say, "Well, the world says my best years are behind me. the world's a liar." Because the spirit of this age is for Father Satan is a liar. I'm telling you what your Father is saying. Your Heavenly Father is saying over you, your best is yet to come. That my promises is not limited by age. I can tell a hundred-year-old man you're going to have a son and there's a nation going to come through his seed that the whole earth is going to be blessed and it's going to come to pass. I'm not limited by age. Don't you tell me, box me in. I'm not in the walls, God said. And I'm not intimidated by the giants. I'm the God of promise. Hallelujah. Where there's no vision, my people perish. The best is yet to come. That's why we try to push into our young people here at Christian embassy, potential and destiny, potential and destiny, because potential tells me it hasn't shown up yet. There's more, there's more, there's better yet to come as I serve the Lord and I'm faithful to him. And the opposite is you start to die and you start to wither up on the inside when you stop believing the best is yet to come. You start dying inside when you think the best is behind you. I know I saw on a Facebook post one of my classmates from Holmes Bible College saying, uh, we're having a reunion and, oh, I can't wait to get back and see everybody. It's been all these years. And, uh, yeah, and they're like, oh, I so long for those simple days, those wonderful days, those glorious days when we were there at home. And I'm like, man, they must be drinking or something. <laughs> Something's wrong with them. When I was there in the 80s, it was a six-inch rule. You couldn't get within six inches of a girl or you got demerits and enough demerits, you got kicked out. The women, they couldn't wear makeup. They couldn't wear jewelry. They couldn't wear pants. I mean, we beat up on the girls pretty bad. I don't know why. And, uh, and we guys had to wear a suit and tie in every class. There was no air conditioning in most of the classes. I was in a dorm. We had no air conditioning in the dorm. We had to shower like cows in a stall, 50, 50. There was 100 guys in the dorm, but say 50 at a time, rushing in there trying to take, and half the shower heads didn't work, and there was no partitions, and the water didn't drain, and you, you waded in and you waded out. Oh! And I'm like, go back to the good old days. I said, are you crazy? I got a beautiful wife now, and she can, she can get all doll- dolled up. Praise God! And I got my own shower, and I got central air conditioning. I don't care about heat. I got central air conditioning. Glory to God! I'm like, I can touch my wife. I can hold her hand and not get the mirror. I'm like, man, things are gotten better. I'm like somebody's missed out on what life is all about. <laughs> wow. We got to look forward. We got to look forward. Now of that school has changed. Homes has changed a lot since then. And it's not quite that strict anymore. But, but I'm telling you, when you start believing the lies that everything, the best is behind you, you stop going forward. I love folks like Billy Graham who preached until he was 88 years old. He's still preaching the gospel at 88. Pat Robertson, who's still alive, is going on 89 and still doing ministry on, on a daily basis. And Mara Sorello, going on 88 years old and still preaching the Word of God and evangelizing. Marilyn Hickey, she'll get mad at me, but here she's 88 years old, still teaching the Word of God. Jack Hayford is 85 years old, still preaching the Word of God. Joyce Meyer, and she will get mad at me, please don't tell her. 76 years old, and she's still teaching the Word of God. And Oral Robertson until he was 91 when he passed away, he was still laying hands on the the next generation of preachers and take this healing anointing and take this message of hope and deliverance to the world. And Lester Sumrall is doing the same thing in his 80s. I'm here to tell you your best is still ahead. Don't let that which is behind you dictate the limits of your life. Those are walls. Don't look at the walls. Look at the promises. I mean Warren Buffett, 89 years old, still to this day the most successful investor in the world, third wealthiest person in the world with a net worth of over 90 billion dollars. I'm telling you, don't you let age, and don't you let because you are not in that position anymore, or you don't. Let me tell you what. God's got a better position for you. God's got better, better, better for you. Age should never be the determining factor. It was 40 years later when Caleb was 85. He said, "Give me that mountain where the giants live, and I'll take them down, and I'll kill off that generation, and that seed of the giants won't go to the next generation." I'm telling, I'm telling you what. You got to learn that the best is yet ahead. Something is telling me that my latter shall be greater than my former. I'm, I'm, I'm here to tell you I'm not willing to give up because I've had some hard days. And I've had some hard days. Anybody in here identify? I've had some hard days. Anybody here know what I'm talking about? I've had some hard days but I'm not going to give up. I'm not ready to quit. I'm not ready to be denied. I'm not ready to lay it down and just say the battle is over. No. There's still a fight on the inside of me. And I pray I'm speaking to a warrior on the inside of you that there's still a fight on the inside of you. And if God says something then I'm going to receive that promise. Of, I'm going to believe that promise. I'm going to act on that promise because my best days are yet ahead. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I love it that the promise comes to the ears of a people with potential and something begins to perk up on the inside of you. Something begins to wake up. I pray it. I'm waking it up right now. I'm stirring it right now because there is greater on the inside of you. Oh, hear me, ladies and gentlemen, you should thank God every day that you have an ear to hear and a heart to receive and believe the promises of God. Praise His name. I'm telling you, God is so amazing. He is so good. He is so wonderful. And I've come to declare to you that if God has promised it and you will believe it, you can receive it in the name of Jesus. I'm here to tell you, if you believe it, your promise is on the way. If you will receive it, your promise is on the way. God is not a man that He should lie and God is not teasing you with a carrot on the end of a string or stick. He is telling you, I want to bring you in so that something so great in your life that it's called a divine participation. That you're participating in my divine nature. That you're in the supernatural zone of life. This is not something you could have attained on your own. This is not something you could have earned on your own. I want to take you better than you are. Higher than you could ever achieve on your own so that I get all the glory. So that I get all the praise saith the Lord. I don't know about you but that makes me want to praise him. That he wants more for me than I want for myself. He wants better for me than I want for myself. Makes me want to love Him the more. Praise Him. Hallelujah. And I would say to you today, don't you quit and don't you give up and don't you've come too far to turn back now. Keep on moving forward. Keep on moving towards the promises of God. Keep your eyes on the promises, not the walls and not the giants. Hallelujah. See, we get thankful. Thankful. To God for our lives and our health and our families and our homes and something to eat and all of that. But so many times I believe we forget to thank God for this, this part of it, where we hear something from God and it, and, it, and it moves something on the inside of us. That when we hear the word of God, that, 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 that there's something in us that says, that's for me. And, and something in you jumps. I, if I could just say it that way, it's it's more complicated than that. But it, spirit, we're talking spirit and soul, man. In there begins to jump and says, "That's God," and I'm moving towards it. We we need if we've got hands that's been freed from any bondage, they should be praising God with a clap and praising God lifted up in praise. And we've got a voice that's been set free from the bondages of the giants and the walls. We should let out a shout, Hallelujah, and don't care what anybody says. They're like, "What's wrong with you?" It's like, "What's wrong with you?" What's wrong with you? Come on now, we need to give it back to them. They're like, oh, I don't need all of that. So Well, then you go in another room right here. I'm going to praise my God. He's the God of promise. He's the God of provision. He's the God of miracles. He's the God of power. You're not going to silence me. I heard that if I voice was silenced, a stone would cry out in my stead. No, God's going to get the praise and he's going to get it through my lips. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. And when it comes to God's promises for us, we need to thank Him that He did not check in with somebody else to see if we deserve the promise. And He didn't come in and look at our good meter to see if we'd done enough good things to deserve it. While we were yet sinners, He came and died for us, right? He wasn't waiting for us to get it all perfect because you guys would still be disqualified. And if I sat out there, I'd say, Preacher, you disqualified as well, right? He decided that he was going to give it to you, these great and mighty promises, because he's a good God. Just because he's a good God. And while we're bound in the brickyard, Pharaoh's brickyard, he sends in his promise. And while we're bound to alcohol, tobacco, or drugs, or bad relationships, or food, or shopping, or whatever it is, and the the devil's fighting against you as a giant or a wall, he brings a promise in the middle of it. And he says, I want to bring you up and out and into what I have for you. Hallelujah. Now, if I could end it there, we would say, okay, glory to God. And just say, when's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? But I have to put this thing in here, and I pray you are going to love me after I tell you about this. Can I? Can I ask you? Will you? Do you love me enough that if I tell you a hard thing, you can still love me? Okay, three of you will. Okay, okay, three or more. With three or more, we got a we got a we got a consensus here. Okay, it's the truth. Okay, okay. Here is when you get the promise, even though you are in the midst of Pharaoh's brickyard or whatever bondage or whatever misery or whatever circumstances, the promise comes in there. There's this thing called time and space between the promise and the provision. Now, that's the least fun part of the whole whole thing. This thing called time and space. Now, some people, now, I'm not going to call any names, but some people, They've got faith like Abraham, or they've got faith like Elijah, or they got faith, and it just like uh, wham—they just go from the from the promise to the provision. Wait a minute, I don't think Abraham twenty-five years wait. Not maybe not even the father of faith had the straight line. Most of us look to your right and left, and so that includes you. Okay have this second demonstration or this second illustration of time and space. We get the promise. We start running towards the promise. We get distracted. We, we have some giants yell at us and tell us that they still, they're going to trample us underfoot. Like Goliath shouted and, and threatened uh, the Israelites for those 40 days. Okay, so, so we get distracted. Fear comes in. Unbelief starts fighting us. Or walls. And somebody meaning well, they really don't, but it seems like they do. Ah, you can't do that. Oh, you can't. Nobody in our family's ever done that. Everybody in our family's always had this limitation. We've always had this sickness. We've always had this weakness. And you get distracted by the walls of limitation and unbelief comes in. Now, the thing that had the Israelites not have the straight line experience from the promise to the provision they had it they came through the red sea they came through the desert just a few days they were at Kadesh Barnea they were ready to cross over into the provision the spies went into the land 10 of the 12 came back and says giants walls and Joshua and Caleb says promises and the people says giants and walls and they started murmuring and complaining and, and secretly saying, we need a leader to take us back to Egypt. So then, God says, this generation of unbelief is not allowed into the promised land. Amen. I'm, not ta- I'm taking praisers into the promised land. I'm not taking murmurers. Right. I'm not taking complainers. I'm not taking unbelief. This generation has got to die off. So they go back into the wilderness and for 40 years, zigzag, zag, zigzag, zig zig zigzag, zig zigzag zigzag, 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 round and round the mountain till that generation dies off, except for Moses, Joshua, and Caleb. And then Moses doesn't go into the promised land, but Joshua and Caleb are the only two of that generation because they're the only two who had faith to believe in the promises rather than the walls and the giants. And when they came to the, the, the Jordan River 40 years later and cross over, the first thing they're hit with is giants and walls. And God raises up Supernatural strength and power and wisdom to take care of both. They march around the walls of Jericho. They come tumbling down. Caleb rises up with the Spirit of God and says, give me that mountain where those giants are and I'll take out that generation. I'll take out that bloodline. And there he goes and he does at 85 years old. I'm here to tell you we've got to be a people of faith. We've got to believe in the promises of God. We've got to hold on to the promises of God. we got to declare the promises of God no matter what the circumstances look like. There will be giants. There will be walls. But God has a plan for the giants. And God has a plan for the walls. you got to keep your eyes on the promises because the devil wants to bring in unbelief through giants and walls in your life. Amen. And when unbelief comes in, it fights against our belief. You can have belief and unbelief at the same time. Did you know that? Father that told Jesus, says, you know, I believe, but help my unbelief. And it's like hooking two oxen together and, and the oxen are pulling one north, one south and it's like one's unbelief and one's belief and if they're pulling at the same uh, degree, let me tell you what, you're not getting anywhere. And if unbelief, if you start looking at the mountains of your life or, or looking at the giants of your life or looking at the walls of your life, the things of limitation, the things of short-sightedness and no vision, the things that threaten you, the things that enslave you and, and imprison you, and the, and the giants and the, 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 whatever it is. It's a, a medical report that is a giant that says, I'm going to kill you. It's a financial report that's a giant that says, I'm going to destroy you. Whatever it is, you start looking at those, you're feeding unbelief. And the oxen of unbelief starts dragging you and the fight is there and it's not just a straight line. It's like it's working any way it can. It's zigzagging and it's dragging you down. And then when you start hearing a sermon like this and it speaks to that the Spirit of God in you and says, wait a minute, greater, greater, greater is He who is in me than He who is in the world. And God's got great and precious promises, divine supernatural promises. He wants to work things so much so miraculously that I participate in His divine nature. He doesn't want me to live just some blase life. He wants me to be ahead, not the tail of all. Not only not beneath he wants me blessed coming in and blessed and you put my faith is right so you start dragging but if you don't sever if you don't cut off if you don't kill that unbelief and you start focusing wait there's walls there's giants next thing you know the unbelief is starting to drag you back the other way and that time and space is the place where unbelief is worked out so that we can have a generation of faith believing to go into And my prayer is that I can be your pastor enough to help you feed the belief so that it overpowers the unbelief so that you keep your focus on the promises and off of the walls and off of the giants to get you into the promised land and not cause you to lose your generation. And God says, i got to wait for your children or your children's children because you just don't get it. Get it! Get it! it. Believe the Word of God. Believe the Word of God. See, the place where you have been has affected you. We've been in the world. We've been under the rule of giants. We've been limited by the walls that the world has placed around us. And that's where the promise came to us, but that world we were in has affected us. And we have emotional patterns on the inside of us. And you may look at the world kind of funny, and it produces this limited thinking called limitation thinking, but your mind can be renewed by the Word of God. Our mind can be renewed by the Word of God. That's why I'm preaching the Word of God. That's why I'm teaching the Word of God. That's why we sing songs about the Word of God, to have our minds renewed. That's why you study the Word of God. That's why you memorize the Word of God. That's why you confess the Word of God. Get your mind renewed and get out of that stinking thinking, that limitation thinking, because it keeps you out of the provision of the promise in the wilderness. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Egypt's a place of bondage. You may be in Egypt today, mentality of bondage. A mentality of working with no reward. Being shut in. Mentality of abuse. That you're the victim. You'll never be an overcomer. You'll never be a promised possessor. You'll never be a land taker. You'll never be an asset owner. You'll never be a mountain mover. You'll never be a bearer breaker. You will never be a power shifter. And the, the Egypt tries to form you with this mindset that you're powerless, that you're landless, that you're strengthless to see yourself as less than. We saw ourselves as grasshoppers. So we projected it on them, so now they saw us as grasshoppers. So you see yourself as less than. You've heard what you can't do your whole life. You've heard what you can't be your whole life. Well, pastor's here to tell you from the heart of God what you can be and what you can do we got to get rid of that Egyptian mentality that breeds that limitation thinking. I'm telling you, we got to we got to get it purged out. we got to get it overwritten with the Word of God. How do you get uh, data out of a computer? You can't delete it and erase it. It's still there. You have to overwrite it with some other coding, with some other info. We need to override, overwrite our minds with the Word of God, and the promises of God, and the declaration of God, and the will of God, so that we can begin to pursue the promise. Promises of God, hallelujah. I believe God puts the journey between the promise where it finds you and the place of provision where you come to fruition so that we can walk some things out. And that's what I believe we do here at church as we build relationship and community, as we learn to walk some things out. Amen. Now I know I know it'd be much much better if we could just come down to the altar and I can take the oil and anoint you and pray one prayer and poof it's all poof it's all erased and eradicated and you're reprogrammed in the way God has for you. Cast out all your memories. Anybody want? to yeah, Come on up here. I'll go. Cast out all your memories. Cast out all your abuse. Cast out all your hurts. You know it, it would be great if I could just pray for you and cast your flesh out. <laughs> But the truth is, there's some things that have to be walked out. So the purpose of the journey is to bring us to new levels. Because along the journey, self-investment takes place. It's what I like to call it. Because bondage deprives us from the luxury of investing in ourselves. Poverty deprives one from investing in themselves. You can go to the most impoverished communities and you will find that they're doing everything they can to keep their nose above water and survive. And they're buying the cheapest food, which is the most unhealthy food. They're not, they're, and it gets into an unhealthy lifestyle, so that now they're miserable and misery beyond misery. So they self-medicate with the uh, drugs and, and alcohol, and it just it's just a downward spiral. There's no self investment, self discovery, and self investment means that somewhere along this journey. God has walked me into some circumstances and some situations by which he lets me see some stuff about myself. I pray you would have that uh, eye-opening aha moment here in the next few minutes. See, I thought that I was all right. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Wondering why I just couldn't come up out of Egypt and step into Canaan. See, you can't be delivered from something that you won't recognize. Mm hmm. See, it's possible that where you have been has so postured you that you cannot handle the promises of God. So, so God has to walk you a ways. Anybody know what Maybe through some uncomfortable steps, okay? Dealing with some circumstances. So that God's eyes aren't open. He already sees the murmuring. He already sees the complaining in you. He already sees the, you, you know, I'm going to, no, the coup against him because you want it your old way, your old way. But God says, I'm not taking praisers. I mean, I'm not taking murmurs into the promised land. I'm taking praisers. And if you got some murmur in you, we got to deal with it. And you're like, well, I don't have any murmur in me. Well, in this walk, you get into a tight spot and, or, or you let your money run out before your month runs out or your spouse or your kids start acting crazy or your toothache lasts longer than you had hoped or the traffic is slower than snails pace and it's like everybody got their driver's license from Walmart in front of you and you, you find out what God knew all along that there was some murmuring in you. There was some attitude. There was some uncontrolled anger. Anger and sin not, but you hadn't dealt with the sin not with your anger. You just thought it was okay. I can act a fool anytime I want. It's okay. I'm under the blood. Jesus said, that fool ain't coming into the promises. We got to work the fool out. They said, wouldn't it be better if we go back to Egypt? So they said, let us get us a leader and return to Egypt. We don't like what we're seeing. We don't like what we're feeling. And I believe part of my assignment today is to tell someone that's tempted to go back, no, you don't go back to Egypt. No. Look at what those spies says. Put that scripture up there, please. They said, let us get a leader and let us go back into the the, the land. The scripture right before that, but now we're coming to this. Then Caleb said, no. No. Let us go up at once and take possession for we're well able to overcome it. I'm here to put my foot down and help somebody say no today. No, I'm not going back. No, I'm not standing still. No, I'm not going to go just phase out of life. I've got greater things planned for me by my God. God's got purpose and destiny in me and me that's not yet fulfilled. I'm going to rise up to it. I'm going to take the spirit of Caleb. I'm going up at once. I'm going to take possession of it. If there's murmuring in me, it's got to go. If there's self-centeredness in me, it's got to go. If there's that whining in me, it's got to go. If that's the defeatism in me, it's got to go. If it's that unbelief, it's got to go. If that's that distrust, it's got to go. I'm putting my faith in God. My God cared for me when I didn't care for myself. My God's got plans for me better than I can make plans for myself. And I'm going to follow him. And I'm going to live for him. And I'm going to serve him. And I'm going to worship him. And whether things don't work out the way I want them to, flesh you are fired. You don't run to show anymore. Flesh, you are leading me to hell. I've got to walk by the Spirit and not by the flesh if I'm going to see the inheritance of God. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I know I've run out of time, but let me say this. This is how you go up. This is how you go up. If i got some support, yes. I know they're used to me saying my time's up and me going for another 30 minutes, but that's not the case. Glory to God. That's all right. Thank you. Thank you. This is how we go up from where we are. We go up into all God has for us. It's this simple. Two verses, three verses of scripture. And I want you to take a picture of this or memorize this or write it down and and, and go over these scriptures. Memorize these three verses. Let them be a part of your prayer this whole week. It says, therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. If you want to get your eyes off of the giants, and get your eyes off of the walls, and get your eyes on the promises of God, the only thing now in that time and space is you that will keep you. Giants can't keep you out of the promises. The walls can't keep you out of the promises. You can keep yourself out of the promises. So what you got to do is you got to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Now, he didn't say let circumstances humble you i know we have humbling circumstances but let me tell you what humbling circumstances can cause someone to look postured like they're humble but angry inside and resentful and regretful okay so so let me tell you what he didn't say let circumstances humble you he said the humility that ushers in the promise keeping power of god in his mighty hand to lift you up is when you choose to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God that God may exalt you in due time. He's got a time. Trust Him. He's got a time. Trust Him. Trust Him. Hold the faith when it doesn't look like anything's going to happen. And you say, when somebody says, that never happened for you, say, well, you, you go make your own bed. I'm standing over here with my God. you going to make your own bed. You live in your own room. You live in your own house. You're going to get out of my face. Get out of my face. You may have to talk to people that way. I, you know, just go get out of my face. Talk to the hand. I'm going to stand on what God said. I don't care what the walls look like. I don't care what the giant's screaming out against me. I'm standing on the promises of God. They're yes and amen in Christ Jesus, every one of them. And God wants me to participate in them so that I can partake of the divine nature. He wants to work miracles through me for His glory. I'm going to be the lightning rod for the miracle working power of God to explode here on earth. Somebody's got to take that stance. That I'm going to be the lightning rod for God's power in heaven to be manifested on earth. It's going to be manifested in and through me because I'm going to stand grounded in the on the promises of God. I'm not backing down. If He said I'm going to live and not die to declare His works, I'm not going to die. I'm going to live. And everybody's saying, "Well, you're going to die. You're going to die." Go talk to the hand. Go go to your own go to your own house. Get out of my house. Okay. I'm listening to this. I'm taking care of me. I'm standing on the word of God. So you got to, where Jesus said, you, if you don't hate your mother and father, you know, it wasn't that he wanted you to hate your mother and father because he tells us that we've got to honor them and that's the first commandment with a promise. It's not that he wants you to hate them. He's just saying that if they're coming between you and me, you've got to love what I say and me more than brother, sister, mother, father, anybody. You've got to say, I'm going to hold on to God. I'm not going to let any relationship, I'm not going to let any position of authority I'm not going to let any walls of limitation tell me the limitation of my life. My God is my creator. My God is my deliverer. My God is my provider. And I'm going to stand with you, God. I'm going to stand with you no matter what. And God says, you're going to partake of my divine nature. You're a lightning rod grounded that I can send the lightning bolt of the supernatural electricity of heaven to manifest in and through your life. And I'm going to get the glory because it's going to be so great. What happens through you is going to be so amazing amazing what happens through you is going to be so miraculous that nobody can take the credit for it not even you hallelujah so you got to humble yourself for all that responsibility and now he exalts you in due time casting all your care upon him for he cares for you so be sober be vigilant keep your eyes on the promises not the walls not the giants because your adversary that devil he's walking about he's roaring like a lion he's seeking whom he may devour resist him resist him and that word resist means to set against so he tells us to set something against the devil the devil's trying to come and trick us and, and roar and uh, put fear in us. He said, you have something to set against him. Let's say if you blocked a door, you had something to set against that door uh, to keep somebody from breaking into that door. You have something to set against this devil. How do you resist him? What do you set against? He said what? Stand in faith steadfast in faith, grounded like that rock. lightning rod. I'm grounded on the Word. Devil, I'm not moving. I, I rebuke you, devil, in the name of Jesus. God said, I'll live and not die. God says, I'm the head and not the devil. God says, I'm blessed, coming in blessed God. God says, my children, my children's children will see the inheritance of the Lord. My God says, you just go ahead, steadfast in faith. Come against Him in faith, with faith, knowing that the devil's coming against all your brothers and sisters, and this is how we all have to fight. You're not isolated. It's not a poor, woe is me. The enemy's coming against all of the brotherhood, but all of us can stand against him in faith. I'm here to speak to your faith, man. Let your faith rise. Let your faith arise. Let your faith arise against the lies of the devil. Giants, walls, or promises. One of those are going to prevail. And I pray today your faith would be in the promises of God. And then if all of the promises of God are yea and amen, get in the New Testament. I mean, you can go in the Old Testament too, but I'd encourage you to start in the New Testament and just start going through, reading the New Testament and writing down the promises So many of them are going to be tied right back. They're going to take you to the Old Testament. There's so many in the Old Testament as well. There's over 3,000 promises in the Bible. And they're all yes and amen. They're yours. They're yours. If you'll keep your eyes on the promises. Not the giants. Not the walls. Would you stand there? you're here this morning and you've had the temptation and you've yielded to that temptation that the giants and the walls and the lies of the enemy and the threats of the enemy and the limitations of the enemy has has been serving as a, a very powerful, powerful position in your life. And you said, no more, no more. It ends right now. It ends today. I'm placing my faith in the promises of God and I'm placing my faith in the God of the promises 100%. You, and you're making that change. You're making that change. Just raise your hand. And say, Pastor, just, just keep me in your prayers this week, Lord, you, you see these hands? You see these hands? Yes, Lord. There's change. There's change. There's change. There's change. Yes, Lord. You see each one. Lord, you record them, Holy Spirit. I want to partner with them right now, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, with our hands lifted, we declare, God, I, I renounce my flesh the flesh of me that leads me to destruction that flesh that is so uh, hungry and thirsty with the appetites of, 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 of that's so easily fed with the appetites uh, of the uh, sinful nature Lord God I resist and renounce right now walking by the flesh and Lord God I turn and I'm going to walk by the spirit I'm going to walk by the spirit of your word I'm going to walk by the spirit of your presence. I'm going to walk by the spirit of your power. Lord God, fill me afresh and anew. And if you're not a Christian today, right now, just lift your hands and say, Jesus, Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. Forgive me. Forgive me, Lord. Lord, I don't want to live outside of you. I don't want to live separated from you. Come into my heart. Forgive me, Jesus. I call upon your name. The Bible says, Call upon the name of Jesus, and you shall be saved. Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. Forgive me, Lord, of my sins. I confess that you are the Son of God and that you are my Lord. For I believe God's raised you from the dead. Confess His Lordship over your life right now. The Bible says you want to be saved? Humble yourself before God. You want to be saved? Humble yourself. Submit to the Lordship of Jesus. Jesus, I give my life to you. Now we need your Spirit, Lord. Fill us. Fill us with your Spirit. Fill us with power. Fill us with an anointing, Lord God, from the top of our head to the soles of our feet. Let every corpuscle, every artery, every vein, every bit of our being, Lord God, be filled with your presence and power as we yield ourselves to you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, that we might walk and talk in the fullness of your glory. Hallelujah. That we can keep our eyes on the promises, not on the walls, not on the giants, Lord God that we would rise up and go out of here as miracle walkers walking in your miracle provision Lord God I thank you I praise you Lord God that if we place you first and foremost in our life and pursue your promises they're all yes and they're all amen Lord I thank you for the purpose and the destiny in each and every person here and I pray today that they would kick, cast and throw behind unbelief and embrace with belief all of your word And let's run into the promises that you have. Let us run rejoicing into the provision that you have for us as we move forward in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.